guys. We're back for another parenting episode. As always, this is Amy. And this is E. And this week, we will be talking all about summer camps and preparing for camps. We have a very special guest with us this week. You might know him as Z's twin flame or my husband. It's Chris Restupin. Hey, Chris, welcome. Hello, hello. How is everyone? I'm good. Z, how are you? I'm super excited. I feel like I know Chris thanks to Amy. And like, I feel like maybe Chris knows me a little bit also thanks to Amy. And it's our first time having a guest on the show, which is really fun. Like summer camps are something that I don't know a lot about. So I'm excited to learn more. I think I went to Girl Scout camp a couple of times, but it was really like a sleepover. And my mom was, I think the assistant troop leader. So my mom was always there, which felt very like not super summer camp. Like you get what I'm saying. And then I went to a church camp at least once or twice, but in my older years, I only went to day camps. I did like do you know what uh, Allstate Choir is? You probably have heard of Allstate Choir. Yeah, so I did that. They were day camps. Basically, I'm just saying I know nothing. And so I, I'm excited. I'm excited to learn. And yeah, and it seems like this is going to be great to get all of our friends ready to send their kids off to summer camp. I bet it's going to be a lot of people's first summers. Weren't they shut down for the last like two years? Yeah, a lot of camps were shut down. Um, Most camps were probably shut down in 2022. Um, Some soft opened last year, but had like less kids than usual. Um, So this is kind of hoping to get back to like the full scale summer 2022. Here we go. Yeah. So anybody who has kids like, you know, what, seven and under, this is probably going to be their very first summer that they can send their children to camp. So I'm, I'm stoked. I'm ready to learn. Yeah. So our, for like those of you that are longtime listeners, Z's daughter is still a little young for like overnight camp, obviously, but you do do some day camps with her. That's also something that you do like dance camps and gymnastics and all that. Our kids will actually be almost solely at day camps this summer, like every week. So, and for instance, my daughter is about to turn four and Amy's children are seven and five. Mm -hmm, Correct. So last year we did a daycare situation and it wasn't a super good fit for us. And so we are doing day camps this summer and we can talk a little bit when we get to that point on kind of like why we made that decision over a daycare. There's obviously pros and cons to both. Um, Scheduling is usually the biggest issue for people that are looking to do um, a day camp over a daycare. Day camps are usually not open until like 6 p.m. or whatever, which would be like what a daycare would be open. So if you're if you need it for like work purposes, you know, sometimes that makes it a little bit tricky. But we opted to only do day camps this summer. Um, and we'll talk a little bit why also maybe our kids aren't quite ready for an overnight camp yet. That's in kind of one of Chris's uh, one of Chris's tips that we're going to go over today. But before we dive too deeply into that, why in the world would we have Chris on to talk to us about day camps? So for our listeners, Chris, can you give us a little bit of a background on your experience in camp and kind of why, why what makes you the expert? Yeah, um, so I spent 17 years working in the camp industry. Um, I started as a bunk counselor in 2003. Um, I worked my way all the way up kind of through some of the middle management pieces. I was the waterfront director. I was the assistant camp director. um, And I became the summer camp um, 
the main director in 2009. Um, so since then, I was, a, I was a camp director until just 2019. So I spent a lot of time in the industry, day camps, resident camps, environmental education programs. So I've really kind of seen a lot of, of the ins and the outs of the industry. And now I spend my time training and consulting with an organization called Transplaining. Um, and we do a lot of justice and education work with camps to make sure that the incredible experience that is summer camp is accessible to folks who might not have had access to it in the past. Um, and something that I'm not going to let my wife off the hook telling you all is that we actually met at camp. Um, and so that's a huge part of our story as well. Thank you. Thank you for that's adding so that. That's so cute, though. I, we did. I, in fact, do know that. Amy has mm. talked about it. Several, or maybe maybe I just know because we're such good friends. But maybe. It is not cute. a huge, huge secret, but I was technically Chris's boss when we started <gasps> dating. Scandal. Super oh. scandalous. But I mean, like, we're married now and like, we're, we've been married for a while, almost like <laughs> 10, almost 10, 10 years. I don't know how long we've been married. We're actually divorced. I don't know who this person is. At all. <laughs> uh, so we've been married for almost 10 years. So it's like less scandalous, like the further away from it that we get. But a little bit, a very tiny bit of a background on me. Um, I also worked at camp for a really long time. And my undergraduate degree is in recreation and parks administration. So I ran summer camps for a really long time too. And now I just get to be a lowly camp widow when he goes away and does stuff with camps. So um, it is kind of neat and it's kind of fun. And I do think it has a really special place in my heart, but as you guys also know, I'm a little bit of a helicopter parent. And so also being a helicopter parent on top of like knowing kind of what happens in camping, it makes me probably every camp director's worst nightmare. So it's nice that we have Chris because he kind of evens that out a little bit. So we wanted to bring Chris in today to really break it down for parents when it comes to sending your kids to camp. If you're planning on sending your kiddos to camp, you've probably already signed them up. And if you haven't, you're probably on a wait list because at this point in the year, stuff is full, especially in 2022 when parents are really ready to kind of shove their kids back out there into the public. So um, whatever the situation you might be in, getting ready, preparing yourself and your kids for camp are two very separate but equal things. So if I were to start looking, because I, I, we do day camps again, we're going to put Aurora in a dance day camp. She really enjoys it. We're already enrolled there. It's with our tuition. It's freaking wonderful. We love it. But um, if, what month do you start looking so you don't get put on a wait list? Like what is the optimal time? Like what, it, what, what, I mean, you're telling me now at like, the beginning uh, or the like mid mid May mm -hmm. that's too late whereas for me that's like a whole month maybe two months of preparation that feels like it should be enough but you're in the Midwest and aren't summer camps like really big for you guys huge huge here yes it's a really big way to start and I think the answer to your question is so conditional depending on where you live depending on, okay. and now Chris probably has a bigger, will have a better answer for this because he works with camps like nationwide. So he might be able to yeah. tell you a little bit more, but to give you an idea for us in the Midwest, literally January 1st at 10 AM, we were <gasps> no. at our computers signing our kids up. And by the time we had both our kids signed up for the camps, we wanted them in, they had wait lists. Like we, so we, we got in 
So like you at this point are shit out of luck unless you know somebody who can bump you. I'm like, always going to be list. shit out of luck. Are you kidding me? I, know. I mean, you're going to have to text me next year on January 1st and be like, you know what you should be doing um, while you're hungover from New Year's is exactly not right. only cleaning up your house, but trying to get your kid in summer camp. That's crazy. Yeah. That's- and some camps are not like that. So we were recently looking for yeah. something for Hayden to do that was like a theater camp and there were still mm-hmm. spots available. So some stuff is still open. And it just really depends. Like the stuff, the specialty stuff is going to fill immediately, but the stuff that's kind of just general, like want to hang out and go to camp is usually open. But Chris, can you, do you notice that like nationwide or there, is there a different like wait list period that you're looking at? Yeah. So I think this is my best suggestion as you're thinking about camps, like, oh, this camp would be perfect for my kiddo. And you're looking at it right now, May, 2022, what you're going to do is you're going to find out what time registration opened this year and put it on your calendar for next year, right? So okay. if we were looking at Sunbury Urban Farm, plug for Sunbury Urban Farm, um, that's where our kids <laughs> go to camp. Um, we know they open on January 1st. So you better bet that we're going to have something in our phone next year to say, make sure they're getting registered that day. But I would say it's so camp dependent. You know, a lot of camps will open even before December because they want to have it for holiday gifts for folks. You know, if they're doing any kind of like um, gifting, a lot of camps will open around tax return season because people have expendable income. So it's just really dependent on what camp you want to go to, but find the ones you want and make sure that you're prepared because especially now that they're opening back up, there's more of a demand, especially right now, because like, I'm sure there was just, there was a big demand before, but now, especially now that everybody's feeling like a little bit more comfortable, a little bit more willing, man, this is like, this is making me a little sweaty. This feels like, uh, what, and I didn't do this for Aurora, but this feels like when you're trying to get your kid into daycare and you have to do it when you're like two days pregnant and they're like, Mm -hmm. Oh, you're four weeks pregnant you just found out that you're you're pregnant now well it's too late too bad so sad figured out your kid's gonna be stupid (laughs) (laughs) yes you you got a dummy on your hands too bad um they'll never learn anything they're never going to college they're never gonna make it in this world oh man yeah it was like that for us when we enrolled both of our kids in a pre-k program as well it was like what is this fucking harvard like it's pre-k yeah. you're gonna glue things to a piece of paper why is this so insane <laughs> so it is really hard but i do think it's a good lesson and it's important for parents because what what chris said about put it on your calendar for next year to remember i think it's a great point because you don't want your kid to have to miss out but also when you're waiting until the last minute can make it really hard but chris well, is you're not going to talk- get into the best of the best right if you if you right. want a specific thing or if you have specific needs or specific wants and then like do you even want your kid going to the one that still has a bunch of openings like june 1st when you're in when it starts june 15th like probably mm-hmm. not i mean maybe not me at that's least. what chris said the other day when i was we were talking about this when we were prepping the episode and i said you know do a lot of places have wait lists now and what's happening he said well the good ones have wait lists but if it's a crappy yeah. camp I don't know you want you to send your kid to that one not that I'm sure that there are camps out there that still have spaces open but it's true because you're looking and we'll talk about kind of those things I think a little bit about looking for camps that are accredited like we're covering less of like what to look for in a camp but there's we could do an entire episode and maybe we will in the fall of next year an entire episode of what to look for when it comes to camps and like how to make that happen so Chris is going to talk to us about the top tips 
tips for prepping both your child and yourself for camp. I'm a helicopter parent. I'm going to ask all the questions. I'm probably every camp director's worst nightmare, but there are often big discussions in our house about like, I'm going to ask them this question or I'm going to do this. And Chris is like, that's not that big of a deal. I don't really care about that. But <laughs> there are things that I super care about. And then also on the opposite end, there's things he super cares about that I'm like, oh, that's fine to me. But um, so Chris, get us started. Give us all the tips. Yeah. So I think the first thing, and it seems like such a fundamental, easy question, but one that sometimes we don't ask ourselves before we put our kid in any type of program is, is my child ready for this? You know, I I think we see it in sports. We see it in camps. We see it in everything. We want our kids to do the things that brought us joy when we were kids at the age that it brought us joy. And our kids are not us, right? Like they're not the same people. Mm -hmm. So we have to constantly kind of be asking ourselves, is my child ready for this? Um, You know, do they have the social emotional skills to be successful at camp? You know, do they know how to brush their hair, brush their teeth, keep track of their socks? Um, You know, all of the things that they're going to need to do once they're kind of outside of uh, their, you know, the control of their caregivers um, to have a successful experience. And that might not be the same age that we were when we experienced it. So really thinking, what are what are the things that we want our child to be able to do before we kind of put them out into this situation that's going to be a little bit uncomfortable, a little vulnerable? You know, do they have the skills to be able to handle that? Again, like I think it's it's rooted in love. Like we want them to go and experience, and oftentimes in a way that's like kick them out of the nest when they're not quite ready, which can actually really damage their future relationship with a positive experience with camp. I wouldn't have even thought about that because yeah, I I wouldn't have even, even though I have hair on my head, a lot of it actually that I do in fact have to brush and put into a ponytail every day. I would have never thought like, I mean, the brushing the teeth, like that seems okay. Fair enough. Fair enough. That makes sense. But I mean, I feel like at age five, you should, I don't know, you know, I don't have a five-year-old yet, but I feel like you should be able to basically brush your teeth like unassisted, but yeah, I don't know. Yeah, putting like putting your hair up, putting like your own outfits on and keeping track of your own stuff. That is something that I don't know if I would have thought of. So, and this is why you're doing a day camp with your children versus an overnight camp, because you want to give them that extra guidance to give them the confidence for maybe next year when you do in fact, like, so they can show you that they do have these skills. I mean, our, our youngest five, Milo, like he's in no way ready for day camp, but I know some five-year-olds can be successful or in overnight camp. Some yeah. five-year-olds can be successful in overnight programs. Um, ours is, is not that case. Hayden is seven. They still need someone to sit in their bedroom every night when they go to sleep, right? Like this is, that wouldn't be a positive situation for them. One of the other things to think about is what I call kind of like a bridge program, which is like a family overnight camping program where you can go with, you know, just a parent. So the camp kind of runs the programming, but you're still kind of in your, your kids are still in your custody and your care. Um, So you get to experience alongside of them. And that way the next year, maybe they're ready. Like they know where the dining hall is. They know where the bathrooms are. They know what the lake looks like. Maybe they feel a little bit more independent and and prepared. I think those kinds of programs are a little tricky for some kids and some parents. Like I think about like my sister, for example, I love her very, very much. Camp was not her 
place. She hated it. Yeah. I was the kid where like, I wanted to go to camp every week of the summer. I cried when I had to go home. Like it was my place to be. And my sister hated every second that she was there. It was not a place for her. So I think if she was to say like, now she's a troop leader and she does stuff. And I think it's fun and it's different for her. But if you know, camp is not your zone, like maybe don't sign up for a family camp, like with your kid, because they're, then their experience comes out of your experience. And you're like, I hated every minute of that. And it's going to show because you're a person and you have emotions. I also had a question about daycare versus day camp that you mentioned earlier. It seems like a dumb question. I'm going to ask it anyways. What's the difference? I mean, I, I mean, I know the difference, but if you could just spell it out for me. Uh, so I, I know that I'm on the like right path because they seem not really similar, but like, what's the difference? It's really interesting because I think a lot of places, even places that are daycares versus day camps, they call themselves one or the other. And so I think, yes, there is like a, a stretching of what either one of those things mean. I think what it really comes down to for me, at least in my experience, is the rules that govern day camps are a lot more strict than the rules that govern daycares in some ways, right? Like there are much, there's a higher ratio of campers to staff in a daycare situation than in most day camp situations. Uh, I know the day camps that I came out of, um, we were like at a two to six ratio um, with our youngest kids. And I mean, looking at, you know, daycares, you see it more like something in the one to 20. Um, and that's why when I think about school teachers and I'm like, one to 30, are you bananas? Like, how do you keep control of that many first graders? Um, so I think day, like camps, focus a lot more on the relationship building between something that's called, kind of called your near peer, right? So they're not quite adults, um, but your camp counselor is this near peer um, who can really work with you and understand you in a way that, you know, somebody who is 50 or 60 can't. Um, Amy, I know you did a lot more of the administrative side. What do you think is the big differences between daycares and day camps? I think for me, a lot of it also comes down to training. So when you're a daycare worker, you maybe you did some sort of like on the job training when you first got started, but you may have also been there for 15 years. And I know there's in services mm -hmm. and different things that you need to do, but I feel like in daycares, burnout tends to be a little bit higher. Whereas when you're working at a day camp, that's a seasonal position. So that when your kid comes in June or even July, that person's only been working there for a couple of months and they're still kind of fresh and they're having a good time. I also find that the relationship of the kind of what Chris was saying about, and I've never really heard that term before, a near peer, but like somebody that is there teacher or their counselor or whoever is, you know, whatever terminology you tend to be using. I, and I'm not saying that it's this way for every daycare. So if you work at a daycare, don't come at me and like, my daycare is different Then great. And I know a lot of really great daycare workers, but for us and our experience, the daycare workers who worked with our children didn't really want to be there. They were there to collect a paycheck. It wasn't about the kids and it was more about I'm tired and burnout and I don't get enough breaks during the day. But when you have a day camp worker, like a counselor, they're probably like just in college, fresh out of high school. They approached this job. They're making literally no money. Like when you have like a day camp, a day camp worker, they're, you know, pay for camps 
and we're not going to get into whether that's fair or not, but, you know, when you work for a camp, they're, they're making like pennies, uh, you know, on, on the dollar of what like some, somebody else in like a profession, another profession would be doing, but they're, I feel like your training and your experience, there's so much more that goes into treating the whole child and not just like the you're here from six to six here, watch this movie, play with these Legos. And like when you're in a day camp situation, there's more activities. It's more of an outdoor experiential type of a thing versus like I'm sitting in this classroom all day for the, for an entire summer. See, that's what I thought was more of the difference personally is that daycare is more of like a school type focus and camp is more of like a relationship social type focus so it's more fun not like fun based but yeah fun learning based whereas Mm -hmm. daycare is more like structured like we're gonna talk about the alphabet right now right and it could be I think that's definitely part of it I think though there are different specialty day camps though that are dealing with more of an educational background but Mm -hmm. I think even still I don't know that we talk much about like accreditation or different things, but there are accrediting bodies for both daycares and for day camps. But when you're looking at an accrediting body for a day camp, it is like hundreds of standards and accreditations and things you should think of and ratio values. And, you know, you talk about different, you know, they're teaching them different experiences in a way where like the, the whole goal is for that child to come out a better person versus like this goal is because your parents have to go to work and you need a safe place to be during the day. Yeah, I I would agree with that. I think when you really kind of boil camp down to like its basic parts, to me, the sole purpose of camp is to teach kids to build positive community. Um, okay. because, and you can do that, you know, you can do that in a classroom. You can do that. We see a lot of, um, college-based camps. Now you can do it in a cabin in the woods. You can do it in a church basement, right? Like some of the coolest camps I've seen, um, are in like these community centers where they don't have that much access to green space, but they're still like watching the staff members work with those kids is is the idea of camp, which is to, again, like just build really cool communities where kids know how to interact and love each other um, and hold each other accountable and, and do positive conflict resolution. So um, I don't know enough about daycares to know, you know, the, the ins and outs of that, but I do know I've been in the industry, the camp industry, as long as I have been, just the, the value and beauty that, that kids do walk away with after a summer at camp. Okay. I think we're ready for tip two. Tip number two. Um, So this is on the flip side of the last tip, which is to make sure that your child is ready to go to camp. Tip two is make sure that you, as the parent, are ready to let your kid go to camp in a way that makes them feel empowered and not scared, right? Amy and I have a house divided in many ways. I love sports. The most sports she watches is drag race. I love Lord of the Rings. She likes the Gilmore Girls. It's fine. She's a <laughs> helicopter parent and I am like the opposite of a hel- helicopter parent. And so we do a lot of talking about this idea of, are we ready? Do we feel empowered? Do we feel safe to, to send our kids to camp? Because we know having worked with a billion parents kind of over the last 17 years, that if you're not ready to send your child to camp and you sign them up anyways, that kid's going to know that. Right. Like they're going to not have that sense of safety in that community if we can't, you know, at least 
calm that down when we're talking to our kid about camp. You know, like, did you feel safe at camp? What was the waterfront like? Did you have enough lifeguards? Like, that's going to freak those kids out, right? That um, sounds just like Amy. It doesn't it? Doesn't it? <laughs> I love it you happened. so much. It's just Chris and I are on the same page about like mm-hmm. less helicopter parenty things. And so like, I, yes, I get what you're putting down. Funny story. The very first day, the very first day Hayden came to camp. So Hayden was in the pre-K unit at a day camp where I was the director, me, <laughs> the director of the camp. Um, and I don't know how it happened, but Hayden came home with a sunburn. I was, hold I was on, no. hold, hold on. It was not just a sunburn. Okay. Was it bad? Bitch is pale. Like you've seen my child. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like she is like, you know, she's translucent. Like you can see through her. She was so, so burnt. This is part of also in hindsight, she didn't Are know how to, ready? she didn't yep. know how to put on her own sunscreen. And, yep. you know, part of me kind of thought like, well, her dad is there, like, it's going to be fine. Well, clearly nobody puts sunscreen on her. <laughs> okay. Well, okay. To be fair, Hayden needs to be like dipped in a vat of sunscreen. It's like true. you can't just like <laughs> the spray stuff. Uh, uh-uh. no, yeah. no. Like we have a baby pool of sunscreen that we just like kind of make her like roll around in um, before she comes she... out all white, like, <laughs> yeah, very, like, like whiter than before, yes, but like, yes. you know, yeah. Right. Yeah. Just um, slippery now. <laughs> but I just remember that day I was, I was terrified as Amy's husband and, and I was terrified as the camp director because I knew she was coming for me. So it was, it was a tough night in our house. And I just like, Amy didn't want to send her back the next day. Right. Like there was a lot of, we had to do a lot of talking about like what this means, but I think this is yes. Back to point one, Hayden wasn't prepared to put on their own sunscreen. And we, as parents, like maybe should have thought about that um, or thought about what is the system that makes sure that because she was what, four, three or four that she was young too. Well, she was the camp director's kid. So like, okay, but the camp director had other things to be doing at the same time to, to be very fair to, to Chris, like he was trying to work a job. Well, and the way that particular camp was set up, like, yes, he was the camp director, but their camps were totally separate. So like he's Mm -hmm. in the front of camp and they're way in the back of camp. He's just there like overseeing the entire property. So it wasn't necessarily his fault. And it's really hard because I do think that those people, that the people who led her camp were trying their hardest. They didn't do it on purpose. It wasn't like, oh, we're going to burn that kid. Exactly. But maybe they don't burn because me, for instance, I am the world's worst about putting sunscreen on myself and I hardly ever put sunscreen on my child. I'm so sorry. I, you know, my bad, but guess what? We tan like goddesses. We look amazing. I've got not an issue. Well, I don't think, I think she's gotten like her little cheek sunburnt, like maybe once or twice, but like, I don't, I don't, I say this and it's like the height of summer. I live in fucking Texas. I'm going to knock on wood because my child's going to be burnt to a crisp the first time I take her out now. Right. But in general, like, no, I wouldn't think to, and my nieces are incredibly pale, but I don't think to put sons like, I mean, until they're like beat red and I'm like, Oh shit. You know, I just don't even think about it. It's not. I'm thinking, are they being safe? Is anybody drowning? We are near body water. Nobody's drowning. Okay. Okay. I'm doing everything I can. Did we drink some water? Did they eat food? They got food in their bellies. You know, I'm like, even though that is a basic, not a basic need, but if you're outside, that is like a basic need for sunscreen. You know, you can get third degree burns and stuff from the sun. It's like bad news bears. Right. I just wouldn't have thought about that. So I could see how that could be an oversight for somebody who wasn't intimately familiar with your child. If your child wasn't also 
able to speak up or, or know that they needed to apply their own. I would have never thought of that. Well, and she doesn't want to put sunscreen on because it's terrible. It's Nobody literally does. the worst thing that you could ever do to her. She hates having sunscreen put on her. <laughs> yeah. But also we have another child who could literally never be touched with sunscreen and would be fine. So if you are not a parent of somebody who burns very, very easily, you don't know the, the things about if it's a spray mm-hmm. sunscreen, it's not going to work on this kid or you have to use this certain mm-hmm. type or it's got to be this kind of SPF. Even though we were sending those those types, a lot of times it's like, okay, I'm going to get out this one bottle of sunscreen and I'm going to lather everybody up. And if it's only 20 SPF, like that's, it doesn't matter. It's, they've got sunscreen on. So I do think that that is really hard, but I do think that does tie back into two or tie back into to tip one. I also think that in my defense, as a parent, like I was the camp administrator of two camps and like I heard the worst of the worst horror stories. So when you're a person that hears the worst of the worst horror stories, it's really hard not to bring that back around to, oh my gosh, this could be my kid. Like we used to show this terrible, horrible video at the beginning of staff training every year. And it was called, who will care when I'm not there? And it was a story about a boy who was playing a game in a Creek and the kid drowned and he died. And so like, basically it's like, we want to talk about these things because we want your, like, we want people to be prepared. So that kind of thing never happens again. Well, that scars a fucking parent. Like that makes, Um, and like at the time I didn't have kids. So it was like, oh, like this is okay. But like, once you have children, like all of that stuff flushes back and you're like, never, you have to stay home and wrapped in bubble wrap. I'm a wonderful swimmer. I swam competitively for almost 15 years. I was a lifeguard. I can teach anybody how to swim. I'm amazing at it. I have these horrific nightmares and cannot go to the pool with my daughter really by herself um, because I have these horrific nightmares where I just let go and watch her drown. Obviously, somebody would have to like conk me over the back of the head, drag me like 80,000 feet away for me to ever do anything like that. Again, I'm, I'm experienced. I know all the CPR things that gives me massive anxiety that they made everybody watch that. Like, again, cause I have these horrific and like to the point where like, sometimes we're at the pool and like my husband goes with me most of the time. And like, I'm okay in certain instances, especially if I'm there with a friend who's also bringing their kids so they can like play on the steps. I feel more safe about that. Um, but yeah, I, I have these vivid daydreams sometimes when I'm looking out at the water and I'm like, I'm just going to watch my kid drown, which obviously I would never do. But all these fears that you never right. thought you would have really surface when you become a parent. And it's so weird. Agreed. Uh, absolutely. So I, I think I think the summary of, of tip two is that you have to be able to. Um, be able to trust the camp that you're going to send your kid to in order for them to have a good experience. Right. So I think I think that's that's the main idea of that is yes. And let's just move on. We're going to move tip four to tip three. That's what we're doing. Okay. Tip four, which is now tip three, (laughs) um, because it goes seamlessly with this one is if you are nervous, ask the questions that you need the answers to. But ultimately, once you gather all those answers, you have to be able to trust the camp in order for it to be a successful experience. Um, And we were talking about this, um, Amy, I don't know if you remember, but like back in 2009, we were already talking about parents sneaking cell phones into camp Mm -hmm. for their kids, like literally sending a dummy. Oh no. And most, it depends on the camp, but most of them say no cell phones for kids. Um, but parents, 
but parents were sending like basically like a burner phone with their kids. So they would have one to hand in, like one phone to hand in, like, oh, shoot, I brought my phone. And then they actually had an actual cell phone in their bag so they could call home. Um, yeah. to touch but don't base with camps their parents. allow you to call home and like write home anyways? It, it really, it, it depends. depends. Yeah, it depends. And there's lots of schools of thought about that. I have some pretty strong feelings about making sure What that are your feelings? My feelings are that if, if a camper wants to be able to reach home, um, I think they should be able to do that because so much of camp is this anxiety ridden experience. And if they feel safer, just having like a touch point at home every now and then, um, I think it's really important to do that. I think a lot of camps say like no contact with home, it'll disrupt the experience. And I think, yes, that's true. But I think a lot more kids would go and stay at camp if they could have a two minute chat with their parent, you know, when they've had something really hard happen or they saw a bug that they've never seen before or, (laughs) you know, like whatever it is, whatever the thing is or something really amazing happened and they wanted to share that. So I'm not a huge fan of the no contact rule. I think it removes a child's consent and control to tell them like you cannot, Mm -hmm. you cannot call home. Like either you go home or or you can't talk to your parents for a week. Um, I think it can be really detrimental to their experience and Amy might feel totally different. No, I didn't I've... realize that was a thing that, I mean, I know that went uh, because, I mean, I never called my parents when I was at camp, but I also used to stay out from when the sun rose until the sunset. My parents did not care. Um, it did not matter. I went to somebody else's house for lunch uh, half of those times and like they didn't see me during the summer and that was fine. So. that is something big to think about. Sorry, Amy, I interrupted you. What were you going to say? No, that's okay. I think that's a really good point because we definitely grew up in a different age of time. Um, Even, you know, those of us in our mid to late thirties, like it was still a different time and it's an even more different time now. And by the time our kids are old enough to work or go to camp, like it's going to be a different time then. But for, for me, I worked at camp in an era that was very much like, you do not call your parents. You don't talk to them. You don't do those things. And at the time that made sense. Cause it was like, no, we want them to work it out themselves. We want them to be independent. She's fucking eight. Like that's too little yeah. to just be working it out by themselves. Like, and as a parent of a child who has some pretty serious anxiety to know that like, if, if they were asking either of my children, if they were asking to call me and the camp director's like, buck up, you can't, I would be pissed. Like I would not be okay with that because I'm paying you to give my kids an experience, but also to keep them safe. And that includes emotionally safe. And if they're not feeling emotionally safe to be in this experience, like maybe they do need to come home. Now I'm also the parent that if they called me and said, I want to come home, I'm going to be like, yep, okay, I'm, I'm right there. I'm coming to pick you up. I'm already but, in the car, actually. <laughs> she was waiting at the out. gate. I've yeah. been at the gate yeah. since the she left. Like I'm staying here. <laughs> um, so like, I can see how that could be a harm to the, to the experience. This isn't the end all and be all like if it's not for them then they can try again next year or not try again at all so I do think that's hard but I did definitely work and go to camp at a time where it was like you do not use the phone now that was before cell phones and everything else so like I don't know maybe now it would be different but also as a parent who wants to know what their kids are doing like I would want to talk to you every day I want you to call me on your rest hour I want to do those things and maybe it's better for them if they 
don't have you know they don't get to do those things because i'm ready i'm waiting for your text like i'm ready to go but my kids don't have cell phones so also like it's not like super accessible for them anyways right but i think all of this comes back to like get the answer to that question you know like if yeah, you want to send question your, you're gonna ask yeah if you want to send your your kid to a, a camp that doesn't allow contact like ask that question um if you want to send your kid to a camp where they have the opportunity to call home if they get sad or scared or excited know that going into it and I think that's the consent piece that I I really encourage all parents to just know what are the boundaries so you're not surprised by it you know when when your child comes home and said I begged them for five days to let me call you and they said no um like we should that should be information that you have ahead of time so you can make an informed decision about whether that's going to be a safe space for your kid. I'm not one who asks a bunch of questions or I will think of questions later or something will make me mad and then I will have realized that I should have asked a question. So, okay, so what you're telling me is I need to see if when I'm ready and when my child is ready, I need to see if one, it is a contact or no contact kind of camp. What are other like maybe two or three other big questions for somebody who like me is not a big like, question asker. Sometimes I feel uncomfortable. Sometimes I'm like, oh, they'd let me know if it was important, but like, you know, maybe they wouldn't. (laughs) So, so Z, if, if I could give you one piece of advice, if you're nervous about asking those questions, just call Amy, she'll call and she'll ask them all the questions (laughs) and she will know all of the questions to ask. ask. Um, That's what I do. I just have her ask the questions. (laughs) Um, But no, seriously, I, I think it comes down to kind of um, really thinking through the things that you're nervous about, um, and then making sure to ask, ask those questions. And if you're not nervous about things, then you don't have to get like, skip this step. Right. Cause this is that doesn't all... make me a shitty parent. That just no, means no, no, I'm, no. I'm a different one. You're right. Okay. Um, you know, and I, I know it's not a surprise, but like a lot of the questions that we ask camps, we don't even ask them. I just like, <laughs> I know most of the camp directors of camps we're sending our kids to, because mm-hmm. I want to make sure that it is a, a space that is safe for our family, um, you mm-hmm. know, with, with a trans dad and a kid who sometimes uses they, them pronouns. Like, I, I have no other questions that will come before. Are you going to be respectful of this? And I'm not, it, I'm not even going to ask those questions because I'm going to know where to find it on your website. Um, so, like, thinking about, thinking about those things, like, what are the vulnerabilities? What makes, what makes you nervous about camp in general? Um, then again, see if you can find it on their website. See if, and if you can't, then you hire Amy to call them and ask them. I don't have to hire. I can just ask no, very nicely. Just ask yes, nicely yes. and I'll would do help it for me. you. And she anybody would. listening, I'm happy to, I'm happy to ask those questions. Well, I maybe we of... would hire her services yeah. out if you're somebody maybe, else. Maybe, yeah. If it gets to that point, <laughs> if it's not Z, it's somebody else, maybe I'll charge you. Amy's um, going to become a camp concierge. Oh my gosh, like a camp doula. That's <laughs> a camp doula. Like for, this, this needs to be a job. Yeah, yes. why is this not? Trademark, but I do think, yeah, TM, TM, TM. As somebody that used to be a camp director and somebody now that's a parent that sends their kids to camp, one thing that I will say to any camp directors that are listening and also anybody who's maybe scared to ask questions, um, you should you should make yourself available as a camp director before, but also while your child is at camp. As a parent, I should never, number one, as a parent, I should know and be respectful that like you aren't at my back and call 24 hours a day. Like mm-hmm. I there's going to be certain times I can get a hold of you and certain times that I can't. You're running a camp, you're very busy, but please get back to me in a timely manner. Um, but also you 
there should be no like, oh, this is a secret. Like everything of your books, your everything, your policies should be out in the open for every right. parent to see. So like Z talks a lot about, and it's very important to her, like what goes inside of your body, what goes inside of Aurora's body, what oh, food yeah. she's they eating, all of those kinds of things. Sunscreen on her, I would. Just right, it might it. make you right. upset. Right, and yeah. so if that's something that's important to you, like you, once it gets to that time, you're gonna know, and you as with our next tip, we're going to talk about the packing list, but you know, you're going to get a packing list. You're going to get a thing, even if it's a day camp, this is what you need to bring. If it's important to you that she only wears this specific sunscreen, or um, I know that there's another uh, curse words in Cranzer who is really careful about like the kinds of dyes that goes into their kids, oh, like yeah. red dye and different things. If those are things that are a concern for you, talk to the camp directors about that up front. And if you are a good camp and you are a good camp director, you're going to either one, tell them I can not accommodate that that is not something uh -huh. we can do here it's we're not a space that's set up for that or two can make the arrangements to make sure that that space is built for that child like so that they can be as, as successful as any other kid that would need something different all right so now that you've switched all of our tips around what's tip number four <laughs> tip number four tip number three four three four um is please for the love read your fucking packing list as a parent do it. Um, and if you don't, don't call the camp and be mad that you didn't um, because that's crappy. Um, but you want, that is like your manual for success. And if camps are doing it right, if they're doing it correct, again, all of the questions that you have are hopefully buried somewhere in that. And it's not just like a packing list anymore. A lot of camps are going to like parent success manuals, which I'm a huge oh. fan of because again, Z, to your point, like sunscreen is important to you. Like what are your, what are the options? What, you know, like if, if you don't want to use the sunscreen, then this is the protocol to make sure, um, you know, that your child gets to use the sunscreen that feel, that works with you and your family. Um, read through that shit. Like, don't just leave that on the table. Um, that is going to be key to uh, the success of your camper's experience, the key to your success as a parent, feeling good about your camper's experience. Um, and don't keep that information secret from your kid. You know, as we think about the preparing your kid for camp, questions that I always, it drove me bananas that kids wouldn't know. They would come to camp and they would be absolutely terrified about what the swim test looked like right like that was in your parent manual talk your kid through that stuff you know what is the bathroom situation ask your camper what are you nervous about camp look in the parent manual and have a discussion about that so they don't feel like the rugs being pulled out from under them i think if we can front load a lot of these expectations our kids are going to feel more safe you're going to feel more comfortable as a parent um, and you're going to have the ability to really embrace the experience as it comes while you're not worrying about, you know, what we're going to do, what are we going to pack our lunch or not? Or do I have access to a microwave to microwave my kids macaroni and cheese cup? Like mm -hmm. those are the things you, you need to know and prepare for so that your kid can also be prepared for it. Yeah. Or else you can't be upset. Like if I, again, I'm, I'm big on what goes on. Aurora's body because I know mm -hmm. and myself because I know that that's just important as like what I fuel our bodies with even though I hardly put sunscreen on her like I said earlier but when I do I want to make sure that it's a brand that like I have looked into and stuff like that or if I don't make that known if I can't advocate for myself and my child to the director and also 
educate my child to advocate for themselves, then I can't get upset. Just like if somebody's hurting your feelings and you didn't tell them that they're hurting your feelings and they continue to do it, that is, it's on you until you can communicate yourself adequately, right? Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. And I think it all comes back to that. It's like that idea of an upfront contract is like you are consenting to play by the rules of the community, which are spelled out in that handbook, which includes Mm -hmm. everything, right? Like nobody Mm -hmm. is surprised um, when somebody... I don't know, you know, you're not surprised when they ask you to introduce yourself with your pronouns, right? Like that's something Mm -hmm. I talked to camps about, like put that shit in your parent packet. And then when parents don't read it, you can say like, well, it was in there. And this is part of our values. As much as you can front load that, again, Mm -hmm. it it just kind of goes back to that, that consent um, mindset. Well, and as a parent of a child who doesn't do well with surprises or things that change, it's really important for us to go through that packet with with both of our kids to say, this is what your day is going to look like. These are the rules. These are the rules when you get there. Like maybe the rule in school is like you have to raise your hand when you talk or whatever, but maybe the rule at camp is you can't go anywhere without a buddy or, you know, whatever those rules are, like making sure that they're aware of that before they get there. Now they're kids and they're going to forget and they're going to need reminding. And that's what the camp is there for. But you know that you've gone over that with your child and you've prepared them to go through those things and if it's not going the way that you think it should go don't be afraid to be that parent that calls that first day and says hey listen my kid came home this is what they said happened what's what is what's what's the deal what's going on with that are they fibbing or are they telling the truth and right. how are we going right. to fix this right. right and to be honest and I don't you know like of course we want every environment to be safe but like the camp director isn't everywhere every minute no, like there's yeah. there's staff and other people that are you know taking over so they may not be even aware that it's going on so actually I'm doing them a service thank you very much by telling them all of the things that went wrong the first day thank you Amy. and again these are reasons why you would be doing a day camp before you decided that you were ready for an overnight camp with your right. child so you Correct. can continue to com- so you you can be prepared they can be prepared and you can continue to have those conversations about being right. able to advocate for themselves being able to advocate for the things that are important to your family and the like mm-hmm. morals or ethics yeah, or like right. i mean i'm Whatever your values are. are. Yeah. Whatever your things that, that are the important things. And that's not to say that if you feel like your kid is ready or you want them to help this get, you know, you want this experience to help them get ready to do those kinds of things, that that's not a bad decision. Do it. Do you, you do whatever you think is going to set your kid up for the most success. I never went to day camp as a kid. I started with summer camp with overnight camp and I never attended a day camp until I was a day camp Mm -hmm. director when I was in college. So like that was never something that I did, but also, you know, I know my kid and know that they're, you know, also my kid are like every child alive today, they're pandemic kids. So it's totally a different situation that we're dealing with now. And you have to do kind of what, um, what makes you feel best. So I know we have one more tip and man, we've been chatty today. Uh, Chris, take us through our last, um, your last and final word of wisdom. Yeah. So something that I see really commonly with families um, and also with the, the kids to, to an extent is they don't want to go to camp unless they can bring a friend with them. They don't want to go without their cousin or their sibling or, um, you know, just somebody who will act as kind of their anchor, like their safe person. Mm-hmm. Um, and I, I have seen more fights between buddy pairs who come to camp together um, than anybody else. 
I think it is, you know, it can be a valuable experience to, to bring somebody with you. So you, you know, you build that relationship, you continue to grow, um, you know, with that person who you're going to kind of walk out of camp with as well. And also it usually ends up being some kind of hellacious fight, um, you know, involving them throwing each other's stuff out of the cabin or whatever, who knows what's going to happen. But the beauty of camp is learning about new people um, and, and sometimes when we bring somebody with us, we feel like that is the only person. Actually, the most common fight that I see amongst kids who bring a buddy is they bring a buddy and then one of the buddies get mad that the other person like making friends with other people, like they're like married or something. Um, and then feelings get hurt and like, listen, you don't have to be like monogamous cat buddies. Like you go hang out with other people, learn about new things. Um, but not bringing a buddy actually gives an opportunity for them to kind of remove the security blanket. Yes, exactly. Their security blanket. Like it opens up a whole new world to really meet new people without having that, having like the feeling that they're kind of tied to one person. This is the tip that I'm most comfortable with because honestly, when I look for activities to put Aurora in, I really try to make sure we're, we're close with her cousins and stuff. And I really try to make sure that she does activities without her cousins Mm -hmm. and without her friends, which I know sometimes can upset the family members, but like she already knows how to converse and socialize with our family members and with our neighbors. So if I can send her into a group of people where she's going to have to make friends essentially all on her own. I feel like that is more character building. Just like, okay, I have a friend, Lizzie, that a lot of times I take her with me to like mom meetups and stuff, because I know she's going to go and say hi to everybody. And people really, she makes a great first impression. Like she is the best first impression ever. Right. So I'll take her with me to like initial meetups and stuff. And then after that, once I feel comfortable, I'm like, oh, Lizzie was busy, you know, and I still invite her, but sometimes she is busy. And so like that kind of, you know, I, I love her and I want her to come to the things, but like, sometimes it really does help build that relationship when she's not there for me to use as a clutch so yeah I I love that I love that that's one of your tips and I think that that's important regardless of whether you're doing camps or Mm -hmm. anything social for your children like getting them in diverse groups especially as kids that have grown up during the pandemic they haven't had the social interactions that we may have hoped for them um, growing up so yeah I love that but like, what a skill, like I, I did not get to bring a buddy the last time I started a job, right? Like I had to do that all <laughs> yes. by myself. Um, and it's hard when we kind of, you know, taught kids their whole lives, like, oh, you always get to take like a person. Um, and it's mm-hmm. just not, it's just not the case. Um, and of course, I think there is some beautiful security in it, but also like, it's a great chance to allow kids to like, kind of push their comfort boundaries and, and grow. I love that. Amy, do you have any closing thoughts for us before we wrap it up? I don't think so. I think these were all really great tips. Chris, thanks for sharing all these with us. I will do my best as a parent to not make every camp director hate me as our kids grow up in their lives, but I can't make any promises. So you can, you're welcome to go behind them and like send them like an, I'm sorry, email, but, um, I, but would, I will not, apologize. I would never do that. Don't ask the people at Sunbury urban farm <laughs> if done that before. No, but at can't least even Amy, talk about that. Okay. We can't even right? talk about what happened. I doubt you're calling up, like cussing them out or anything. No, no. I bet you're never, doing never. it in a very nice, respectful no. way. And as much as you probably like to joke that you're the first person calling, I'm not saying that you might not be the first person that calls, but I'm sure that you have 
your your shit together. I'm sure you actually know the questions that you want to ask and that you're ready to have insightful conversations. I doubt that you're the director's worst nightmare. The director's worst nightmare is probably the woman who's like chain smoking and drinking like handles a tequila while she's pregnant with her 18th child and calls every five minutes and just wants to scream. And that's cut, also yeah. with also curlers in your hair. Yes, yes. No, me. I do. That's me as well. Um, but no, and I think that as a camp director, if you're a good camp director or you are, a, you know, you're good at your job, you're passionate about what you do, you expect those questions. And also as a camp director, you kind of have to have tough skin. And so not that I'm saying like they can handle it, but a lot of times I'm not the, I'm not the nastiest parent they've talked to today. And I don't, I don't oh, treat certainly. it nastily, but also you need to be prepared to answer those questions. So if you're a camp director and you're listening to this, um, be ready to answer those tough questions as a parent, be, as, a, as a camp director, because parents are going to have them. And some parents might call in terrified and you might need to calm them down and you might need to talk to them about those things. And sometimes you might need to tell parents, this is not the space for your child. And that's really hard mm-hmm. and heartbreaking sometimes to have to say that. But also you should, you are literally taking somebody's entire soul into your custody for a whole day, for a whole week, for whatever it is. Like those are my, and I don't feel like I ever gripped this as a camp director because I didn't have kids when I was a camp director, but like, these are some, these are people's whole lives. Like your children, Mm -hmm. I would, you know, we talk about on the, on our podcast all the time. Like I would murder for my child. Yes. It was upsetting when she didn't have sunscreen on, but like, what's more upsetting is that like, she could have really gotten hurt. Like, you know, what if, if you're not putting on sunscreen or if you're not doing that, like what else could be happening? So as a parent, like anxiety really like drives up in my system when that happens, but not every parent will be like that. Some parents literally will kick their kids out the door and they're like, see ya. And those kids may not be prepared. And so as a camp director, you're like finding extra pairs of socks and you're doing other things. So Camp directors really are truly magic superheroes, but as a parent, you want to make sure that your kid's in the right spot. And whether that's safety-wise, whether that's environment-wise, whether that's, you know, just activity-wise, is your kid going to be bored here? You should ask all those questions ahead of time. But those are, those are my final pieces. I could talk about this literally all day. We could have a podcast just about camps. Yeah, I won't bore you for another time. <laughs> Chris, do you have any, any final thoughts for us? No, I'm just so excited to be able to have have shared this um, information. You know, as someone who was a camp person, I just like Amy was the same way. I don't think I really grasped what it meant to be in custody of other people's kids until I had kids mm-hmm. of my own. And honestly, I don't think I would do it now. <laughs> you know, like I don't think I would yeah. go back to being an overnight camp director, um, knowing like the the weight of that and the magnitude of it. Um, no, I, I probably would. It was like the best time of my life. No, you will not. No, you will not. <laughs> I so. won't. Amy it, says all boils, <laughs> it all boils down to uh, the fact that we were all the best parents before we were parents. Yep. You 100. Know, we oh my gosh. That like, was a really good parent until mine started talking. Award you know? winning. Like literally yeah, I could have written best. parenting books. Okay. Like yes. all of them. Novels entire novels right um one last amazing. one last amy story and then oh, we can God. we can go yes. but i remember <laughs> when amy was the camp administrator somebody called and asked if our camp had lifeguards and she was like what an idiot who would even expect that and i swear to god that would absolutely be a question that she would ask at this point true or false That's a question i would ask 
It is a question I would ask, but I think like in hindsight, like my whole life was living, breathing camps, training lifeguards. Like I was a mm-hmm. lifeguard trainer. I was an instructor trainer for a while. Like I did all the things that I'm like, you fucking idiot. Of course we have lifeguards, but obviously like that parent was, that was a fear for them. And so of course I didn't answer the parent like that. I was very professional. And then of course mm-hmm. I like, was walked, all in, the back. All walked the to back. Chris's <laughs> office afterwards. I'm like, listen, this fucking idiot. Like they're asking this discussion, but that's a great question because if you are signing your child up for a camp and they don't have lifeguards run the other way immediately. Like yeah, that is not that something to do for me. Yes, I mean, like sure. I said, I have this like reoccurring nightmare. Literally <laughs> anytime we go to the pool and it, mm-hmm. it's like, it's terrible. I would ask that even though I would a hundred percent expect the answer to be yes. And if it wasn't, I'm going to shut you down. I'm calling somebody, I'm calling the state. As you should. Yeah, for sure. For sure. (laughs) I know for me, like if, right. If a camp doesn't have accreditation, I'm like, "Mm, why? Like, why not? Like, those are all questions that are good questions to ask. But yes, I did. You know, I'm, I was a judgy camp administrator. I'm a judgy parent. I, I (laughs) have no shits about it. It's the way it is. Well, this was super, super (laughs) informative. And I'm so glad we were able to have Chris with us. He is an awesome resource. So make sure you check him out on his shared Instagram account with his, uh, what do you call each other? Uh, You're not just friends. I know you're co-workers. Like, are you co-founders? Co-founders. Co-founders, yes. Okay. Yes, he is a co-founder over at Transplaining. You can also find him at Longtime Becoming Chris. There's a period between each of the words for that. And then is there any anything else anywhere else you wanted to plug? Yeah, my favorite resource for the the summer camp industry as a total is um, something called the Summer Camp Society. Um, I hang out there a lot with them. I'm actually a faculty member with the Summer Camp Society, just teaching camps um, about how to to meet the moment when all of these incredible kids that you're going to be sending this way um, come out. So Summer Camp Society, they have awesome reels. They do really good camp reels. Um, And I, I just love them so very much. I'll have to check them out. I don't think I have peeps their Instagram. So yeah, I'm a, I'm a fan of uh, spending my days watching reels. So I'll, I'll do that. But thank you so much for coming, for hanging out with us and for being our first ever special guest. Ding. Okay, guys, we will talk to you super soon. Until then, we have like a buttload of episodes that you can binge. If you just came for the parenting chats, we do have several parenting chats. This is something that we do once a month. If you have suggestions for us going forward, if you would like to hear Chris back on and you have specific questions, please, by all means, you can find us on Instagram. We have a Gmail account. We're on Twitter. Um, We have a great Discord group that you can join in and none of those things cost any money for you to bother us all day, every day, but it wouldn't be a bother because we love talking to you. But yeah, hit us up in the meantime and until then, you know, have a great day and we'll talk to you soon. Bye. Bye. Bye.